Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, John. How you doing? Doing real, real good. Off to a huh? great start. Ready to rock. Oh, he's ready to rock. Oh, my gosh. Well, for those of you new to the show or new listeners or non-active, new, uninvolved or involved listeners, we are The Bro Show. I am Jerry. And I am John. We are brothers. And we record this thing every week and we talk about four things. One of them is a story about an animal. And each season we have a different animal. And what season are we in, John? Season of the whale. You got it right. So... So there'll be a whale story, and we also do a word that we have run into, one of us or both of us have run into this week, and we think is worthy to share with you. And then we do two takes on a story or an issue or anything, anything that you might run into during the week. And we have a pretty interesting one this week. And lastly, lastly, but definitely not least, one of our most listened to segments, Groaners, which are basically... Dad jokes and puns and stuff. Dad jokes, bad jokes, take your pick. <laughs> bad dad. Yeah, oh. bad dad. Mm. Okay, so. Hey, listen, but we also have a sponsor, too. And by the way, before that, what are you wearing? Are you wearing anything? <laughs> I am wearing clothes today. That's the good news. Good idea. You know, it's that kind of weather. It, it makes sense. It is. Yeah, it's a little cooler down here. I am I am wearing a shirt. I am wearing the year of the rat. See that we we had one season we had a rat as our as our animal. Yeah, I I'm got my uh, show with the, our mugs on it with the the hats, the illustration shirt. Uh, took oh, North Avenue Beach, black, very soft, oh, very a, comfortable. Ooh, touch good, feel good. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah, good. We shirt. have to have that. We have to have that. Okay, good. Glad to hear it. Yeah. yeah, that is so. I want you to do the sponsor. Tell us who, who our hey, sponsor is. Hey, listen, Save the Whales is our sponsor. And this not-for-profit organization, a 50C3 organization, that means it's tax-deductible, was formed back in 1977 uh, by a mother-daughter uh, combo. Primarily the daughter, a woman by the name of Maris Siddenstecker, decided that, that she wanted to do something to save whales. Her whole thing starts with something that is near and dear to our hearts. The fundraising to start her nonprofit was all about selling T-shirts. Yeah. So what they've done since then, it's, you know, met the test of time. They primarily get involved in educational projects. They're located mostly along the Pacific Coast, uh, California, et cetera, is where they do their work. But they're, but they'll do beyond education. They will take on special projects. They, they have a collaboration with a variety of resources that allows them to take on special projects. So if there's somebody messing around with whales and it's bad, they'll jump in and come to the rescue and save a whale's ass. Oh, excuse me, a whale's tail. Ooh. Sorry Ooh. about that. Yeah. yeah, they don't really have asses. <laughs> we don't talk seeking. about asses. We talk about tails. on this. No. Tails. A lot of tail. So that's what wow. it's all about. And guess what? I guess if you really want to do something – for this organization, you could buy a T-shirt, right? Yeah, yeah. It's in the show notes. You can just go for it. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. They have a whole variety of them too. So yeah, you don't have to stick with just one. But we have one illustrated that we liked. So mm -hmm. there's that.
Okay, okay. you ready for the whale story, John? You ready for the whale, whale story? story? Well, I'll tell you. The whale story is what happened was at the end of each year, there's always these lists like the best uh, music, the best movies, the best. Well, I came up upon a list of best animal stories for 2021. And one of them, I noticed, happened to do with a whale. Apparently, uh, back in June of 2021, a lobster diver um, off the coast of Massachusetts was diving to get a lobster. And about 35 feet down, he was uh, swallowed. Well, that swallow is an overstatement, as we'll soon learn. Yeah. But in but this whale, did, this uh, lobster diver, ended up having a uh, ended up in the mouth of a whale. So yes. the good news is that he uh, spent some time there, a little dark, uh, didn't bring his flashlight. And so as a result, (laughs) but the whale, I guess, spit him out. So I guess the question really is, as you read through the story, is it sounds, could this really happen? And also, uh, you know, you can see experts say, well, they talk about the kind of whale it was. They talk about whether it's a a baby whale, a juvenile whale, a a mother whale or whatever. So what I, we decided to do is let's let's talk to the um, the producer Animal Man and find oh. out is this really possible? Is it possible for a human to be swallowed by a whale and then come back and tell us all about it? It sounds like something out of Moby Dick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of does, and and mo- good reference by the way, Moby Dick, because uh, that whale, a very large sperm whale might have been able to swallow a man. He probably wouldn't, though, because sperm whales eat squid, and squid are, generally speaking, pretty squishy and compressible. Mm. And so uh, whales are very smart, uh, and if they felt something like that in their mouth, they would immediately get it out of there. But this whale was a humpback whale, and humpback whale is a pretty good-sized whale. Uh, it it has a good-sized uh jaw and mouth and the consensus is john that this was uh, a mature juvenile whale okay so it, it was not fully grown but it was big and it it was swimming to scoop up small fish a school of small fish that was in the area and mm-hmm. it had its mouth open to let the water and fish in and then what happens is they go up toward the surface and then they open their mouth a little bit and have a big tongue that squishes all the water out. And what you're left with are the small fish, and they go through, through a very narrow throat. Even the largest whale in the world, blue whale, over 100 feet long, only has a 9-inch diameter throat. Not big enough to let uh, wow. you know, a human through. Yeah. So, and, and, and in this case, uh, this guy got in the mouth of a whale. Now, the mouth of a whale is big enough to hold a human. But immediately this juvenile figured this guy ain't right, and he used his tongue, <laughs> to, his tongue to get him out of there. So the guy was, was in there maybe 30, 40 seconds and right. uh, plenty of time to hold your breath and you know not, not swallow a bunch of stuff. There's no digestive juices in the mouth, so you're safe there. And in case you're having trouble visualizing, a, a, a whale's mouth is long. So it's long and in this case fairly wide. And the sides of the mouth don't have teeth. They have baleen, which is like a curtain of brushes going down Uh these strips. And so these brushes are very tightly woven so that 
when the water gets squished out, the water can make it through the brushes, but the fish or the krill or the crustaceans cannot. And they eat little things. They don't eat big things. So they push water up, but the front of the mouth is completely open, open mm. to get the water and the krill and the, and the fish in. And in this case, got a human in. And so the guy just did it. And there was a witness to this. A guy saw right. the the uh, the whale come out uh, on the surface and spit the guy out. His buddy was watching from the boat. Right. And then there's pictures in the New York Post of this article. And you see the guy in a in a bed, and we have it in our artwork for the show. Also, you see the guy uh, sitting in bed, all banged up. He got bruised and abraced, but nothing broken, and was not seriously injured. It sounds like it was like the guy went through a car wash. John, that is so accurate in so many ways. I, I can hardly comment on it, but that is true. It does look like he went through a car wash. He's plenty clean. He's clean. He got brushed up a little bit. Yeah, a little salty. He got bounced a little salty. He got a couple, you know, soft t- yeah. tissue scrapes and bruises, whatever. No but pain, no pain, no gain. <laughs> yeah. We got a word. We got a word. I think we got a word. And this word kind of connects a little bit with our two takes, but the word is discotheque. Now, um, you know, we remember it as old coots ourselves that discotheque is what we originally called discos. And disco yeah. is a word that comes from this. And we know right now when we say disco, it could be a place where music is played, records. It could be the music itself. It could be a way of describing it, whatever. So discotheque is a word we're using. And what's the definition? A nightclub dancing to live or recorded music uh, to live or recorded but usually it's recorded music and featuring featuring a sort of a, a sophisticated sound something which yeah. is maybe mixed or uh, distorted in a very right. positive way some uh, so mood lighting got, yeah, yeah some mood lighting we've seen all that stuff before in, in movies so what I thought was yeah. very interesting about it this is a French word discotheque and it's actually two words it's disco, which is music, and the tech part of it is a collection. So it is actually a collection of music. And before that, so if you said like bibliotech, you say, hey, listen, I'm going to hang at the bibliotech. You'd sound like some cool dude. Well, I'm sorry about that. You're just going to the library. It's a collection of books. Get, get real. Okay. So, <laughs> but what I find most fascinating about this word is its origination because you see, if we wanted to give credit to this word, we'd have to go all the way back to Adolf Hitler. So really, he, he plays a significant part in it. Because what happens is back in the 40s, when French is being occupied by Germany, the Nazis take over. A lot of things were banned by the Nazis, and one of them happened to be music, jazz music. And so the music went underground. And the problem with the live music is that much of that music, that jazz music, was by expats that were black. Even some Jewish musicians were over there making this yeah. music, and That's they right. were not about ready to hang in France with Nazi occupied. No. So they got no. their behinds out of Europe, came back to the States, and all of a sudden they're high and dry. they got these underground nightclubs, but they don't have anybody to play. So what do they do? They basically come up and they got the jazz records. In fact, it's a whole... Uh, exercise for them to get the records by the Nazis mm. in order to get them into, because it's contraband coming into France. Yeah. So what we have in the early 40s is uh, nightclub owners resorting to the use of playing records rather than having live acts. And before you know it, you got discotheques. 
Yeah, well, so, these are amplified amplified records also. Due to right. the war, due the war effort, lots of new tech was coming out to amplify the voice so you could do things over radios and, and communication and stuff. So they took that communication gear, or I should say stole it, and used it to amplify the sound of the record so you could amplify a dance song. That's exactly right. And But what's key, you need to be fine-tuned because you didn't want to make it so loud that the Nazis could hear it, too. So you had to be careful. Very important. Very important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. So yeah. That's the word. Wow, what a rich and storied heritage uh, disco has. And, oh, you know, wow. these days, a lot, young people may not realize, but we used to listen to music by taking a disc and putting it on a rotating cable and drop a needle onto it so that the sound recorded on the disc in little grooves could come out through the amplifier into the speakers. Yeah. Those were the days. How about that? How 45, about that? 78, 33. Well, now I know where the 45s came from. They invented yes. 45 so guys could put them in their pants and get them by the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Maybe not. Oh, Maybe that's Peabody's improbable history. Well, that's huh? just what I would call extended history. Uh, Peabody. It's Peabody's extended history. <laughs> Mr. Right? Peabody, yeah. Yes, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Peabody. Yeah. Improbable history. Oh, man. Oh, Good times. Now listen, we're going to segue for... this disco thing yeah. into uh, our two takes. And what happened was I we have this non-active listener who happens to be the, a severe, big contributor of ours, uh, Vince Lauder, the, the, the groaner man. He said to me, hey, have you heard this new Elton John song? And it actually wasn't new. And so what happened is he really got me listening to a movie, a, a song called Cold Heart. And it's from a album called The Lockdown Session. So I'll give a little bit of the background on the song, but what really, where's the connection with disco? When you go to Wiki, it just is using one word. And believe me, it doesn't describe the whole thing because this is a very, very intricate, mm. very interesting song with a great background. But they describe it as disco because it goes, it's like the good old days in American Bandstand. Hey, we can dance to it. Let's give it a 90, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> it's, yeah. A, it's a club song. It's a song you would expect to hear in a club now. And it'd be part of the house music would be to, to start, particularly to start off. It's got the nice steady beat. Okay. So let's give a little bit of the facts with respect to this. So what we have going on here with this song, this is a song. It's a collaboration between between three parties. It was released in August of uh, this year, of 2021. And what it was, we got Elton John. We got the uh, rising star female singer, the latest flavor in, uh, in British uh, female singers, a woman by the name of Dua Lipa, who come together. And when you read about it in Wiki, it sounds like, hey, these guys were bouncing back and forth ideas. You know, they can't go out to con play con uh, concerts, so they said, well, let's collaborate. Okay, so within a couple of weeks, they got a song. Not quite. Not quite that simple. But what happens is that apparently there is a third party involved in this called uh, Penal, which is an Australian trio, which has their own following with respect to what they do. And Elton John gravitated toward them long time ago. We're talking 2012, when Gaga, over their music, got together with them and said, you ought to be a part of my group, of you know, and sign up with my label, with my manager, this and that. So he developed a very tight connection with them. I think the most amazing thing, and you can go the details of the music, but to me, yeah. there's one thing that stands out. He says to him, he says, look, 
here are all my here's a, here's my library. Here's my catalog. Here's my catalog, and here are all the tracks on my catalog. Yeah. Do whatever you want with them. Don't tell me so you got a finished product. I don't want to. I don't want to be part of the collaboration process with what you come up. But when you got something that you consider to be finished, bring it on to me, and we'll talk about it. This and that. So that's the kind of relationship he yeah. has with this incredibly inventive uh, group that that obviously is really big into the technical aspects. Of, of music and creating mm. sound, et cetera, whatever it says. So I'll finish up by only saying that what, what, with respect to success, this, this, this song called Cold Heart, which is a collaboration of several different songs. So Rocket Man is the one that stands out the most. Sacrifice is another one that's in it. And so there's a lot of question as to how many songs there are, what they mean, all this and that. But is it popular? Went to number one of the charts in England, went to number one in the charts in Australia, and went into the top ten of the charts in the United States. So that's where it stands. It seems that it's got a it's got a lot of legs, and so that's what we've got. Mm-hmm. So what is exactly this to what are, what are we talking about? What kind of music is it? How did they pull it all together? It's an interesting story, as, as far as I can tell. Oh yeah, it's I think it's fascinating. Uh, you know when when both of us heard it, I think we had an initial. Not identical, but very similar reaction to it. What we liked about it was how spare it seemed. How spare it seemed. Yeah. You know, the, the heavy bass line, uh, a very nice, neat drum, drum kit playing. And a lot of it just seemed like that at first, you know. And you don't notice a lot of the other stuff going on in the song because those things dominate. And then, of course, Elton John's voice, unmistakable and very nice. Right. And uh, he's... He, the the reason I call it Cold Heart is because there's a verse from Sacrifice that features the lyric Cold Heart. Right. And that's what leads out the song, or leads mm-hmm. in the song. And then as it goes along, uh you don't really notice much of anything else until suddenly you're you're in the chorus of Rocket Man. It's yeah. the big chorus. It's the big chorus of the song. And you, yeah. you kind of don't know how you got there, right? Right. But you're it's in very it. smooth. Transition is very it's yeah, and almost unconscious. And uh, once they're in the chorus, you notice the rich the richness of the sound gets pronounced. And then they go back to the verse again. Now they add a little more onto the verse to give it some interest, right? And to, this is not just a rehash of the first verse. This is now another verse. It may have the same lyrics, but you know what? It has a different sound because the engineers now really did an incredible job on engineering this song. What I think is the most interesting thing about the sound is what what starts out as simple, basic, couple instruments and a voice becomes very a rich tableau of sound right. that you don't really notice is as overwhelming. And if you're an old Elton John fan like John and I are and liked his early stuff but didn't care for his highly produced stuff, you're going to love this because... It's so elemental, Elton John. It's it a simple sound he had in the beginning days, but it becomes something else as you continue listening to it. And you can, it's got that club beat that you're talking about, John. You right. know, I can see that disco ball with the light on it and the little facets reflecting light all over the room as people are, are, you know, dancing like no one's there kind of dancing, you know? <laughs> right. And it's, it's nice. It's really nice. It's very enjoyable. You know, I was not a big fan of disco, 
But I'm a big I, fan I, I kind of, of like this song. I myself a little bit. I like uh, the Bee Gees and Saturday Night Theater. So I, I kind of gravitate to that part of it. I also believe that a, a big part of, of this is the fact that you listen to it and it grows on you a little bit. You listen to it again, and so it, it resonates. It, it gathers some momentum with respect to your own personal interests. So it's catchy to start out with, and before you know it, it's just you, you're really you're solid hooked. right behind it. You're hooked by the song. Yeah, yeah um, it's got it's got great hooks in it. That's why they call them hooks. And I, I would also say Dua Lipa is is really she she complements very well with respect to Elton John. She's uh, she's got an incredible. I don't know much about the lady, but she's. Uh, She's from London. Her family's from Albania. That's now Kozkova. Uh, she's bounced back and forth with a, with a country. Nice-looking woman. Good. But she's got a career of her own. Great voice. Yeah, she Great does. Great voice. So she's 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 really, really good. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm Little there. tech I'm talk. Her. Little tech yeah. talk here. But that that is interesting. Here. All right. First of all, lockdown sessions. That's part, that's the album. Why is it called that? Well, this song is a perfect illustration of why it's a lockdown part of lockdown because during during the pandemic you know there was at the beginning there was a lot of lockdown because we didn't know what we were dealing with so uh we've got this group two of the guys are 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 in in uh one of the guys in i think there's two of the guys are in los angeles two of the pinaos in los angeles one of them is in uh melbourne mm. and so yeah. and so that's that's the baseline for the for the uh, musical part of this Okay, and the Elton John musical part of it, and so there's there's some transatlantic, transpacific, however you want to look at it, kind of collaboration going on, and it's been it was challenging because the internet, uh, the the guy in Australia had was crap, and so it took a long time to move files around. These files are mammoth; they're not small files. So there's all that going on. Then you know, uh, and of course Elton John, London, he's contributing uh, his whole catalog. And he says, show me the painting when it's on the wall. Don't yeah. show me anything else. Don't show me anything else. So that's his take on it. So he's out, out of the mix. And then we've got Dulipa is completely separate from this group. And she has her own producer and sound engineer. So what these guys do is they create the Elton John part of it, leave a space for Dulipa, and they use some very sophisticated and sometimes very old engineering software to create this sound they create. And what you hear is a very simple bass and drums is hardly that at all. There's right. a huge amount of small sound that you barely consciously register that's going on from the beginning and just keeps increasing. And the tools they use to do this and the time they took to do it is pretty astounding. And so they use these things, these software tools, they use things called plugins to create these different sounds. So what they handed off to Dua Lipa was they handed off their tracks along with their software plugins, and they call these things stems because they're just like the stem of a plant. When you graph one plant onto another, you cut the stem and put the other stem on it. So they gave the stems to Josh, somebody, Godin, I think, or something like that, the producer, head producer for Dua Lipa, and he just used their stems to create his part of it. So there's a complete continuity of sound. It doesn't sound like two engineering teams. It sounds like one. And so they work together as seamlessly as you possibly can. To give you a feeling for what this small music sounds are that are in the background, here, here's how it works. Is Let's say, John, you're, you're uh, riding your bike to work downtown. 
and you you get outside and you're being miked. And what happens is we'll hear your feet hitting the pedals and the chain on your bike and all the stuff. We'll hear cars. Yeah. We'll hear the obvious things. But there's a million other sounds in the background, like birds or conversations on the sidewalk, stuff you don't consciously register, but it's part of the trip over there. Yes, but very, <laughs> very much in the background. Oh, yeah. And these guys manage all that stuff. And if you read the article, this one article we'll put in there that covers all this engineering stuff. If you like synthesizers in sound production, you're going to love this because he's got all the stuff on there. They have one. Just give me an idea. And these things that Elton John gave them from the catalog are live performances, studio performances. And he likes to create a lot of excitement when he does a song. So the time signature is changing all the time. So you don't have a steady 136 beats per minute. No, you don't have that. It's going up and down. So they had to slice some of his vocals, some of his sound, to slice them and cut and paste, make the sound last longer so that they keep a steady beat. So they were doing amazing things with his camera. Yeah, I mean, you, you, that's the reason that when we take a look at this, we got to realize that the foundation lies with Pinal with their ability yes. to take that library and basically create a foundation upon which to build this collaborative exercise, which is now called heart. Uh, yes. That to me is what's, yeah, it, it, it's really cool. So yeah. Yeah. Good explanation. I like it. I Thank like you. it. How about some groaners? Groaners. Well, our groaners are provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr. Commonly referred to as the coach. And he has provided me with some, some pretty good groaners. I got one that I really like that he that I'm going to call. But before we do that, I got my own one I came up with because I wanted to do something with respect to our two takes. So here's what here's the two takes one. And uh, here we go. What happens when two people meet for the first time in a disco club? What happens when two people meet for the first time in a disco club? Uh, their Dua Lipa's meet? Well, I'm going to have to give you a, a modest amount of partial credit. I don't know why. I'll <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Creativity <laughs> alone? <laughs> they become disconnected. Oh, <laughs> nice. Nice, John. Very nice. Okay, like now it. here's one from the coach. So if this doesn't fly, um, he gets he has it's no pun him. intended. No pun intended. Why do judges wave bail on penguin perps? Why do judges wave bail on penguin perps? Ooh, on penguin perps. Why do they wave bail? Well, this has something to do with their little flippers, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. What can't their flippers not do? They can't fly. So they're not They a, can't flee. They're not they're a They're not a bird. Risk. Not a flight risk. Oh, oh! I like that one. It's an animal, right? I'm, I, I yeah, like it. I, I gotta have like to it. say that I, I added my little... I, it was it, The original said, why do judges want weigh bail on penguins? And I thought, ah, come on, let's get a little alliteration in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you you are a sound engineer for for uh, groaners. You're like you're like uh, Pinal. Hey, all good, all good. Hey, look, all right, mission accomplished, young man. 
We did it. Thank you. Out of here. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.